Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Hi, Natasha Belling here with a special episode of Morning Agenda, sponsored by cyber.gov.au. Cybercrime is the new threat that is costing Australians billions of dollars every year. During the 2020-21 financial year, the Australian Cyber Security Centre received more than 67,000 cybercrime reports, with more than 75% of these relating to the loss of finances or personal information to scams and online fraud. Authorities say we're now more at risk with more of us working from home and increasing our online activity during the COVID-19 pandemic and subsequent lockdowns. So how do you prevent yourself or your business from being scammed and how can you keep your details safe online? Joining us for this special episode of Morning Agenda is the head of the Australian Cyber Security Centre, Abigail Bradshaw. Abigail, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us what is cybercrime and why should we be worried about it? Thanks, Natasha. Well, cybercrime is that in the most simplest sense, it is about using a computer or the internet to conduct crime. So what that means is quite regularly criminals online targeting computer systems to access or steal sensitive information or steal data, or to try and obtain information from you, like your passwords or your account details, so that they might use that to profit. At its highest end, lots of people might have heard of ransomware. That's a particularly sophisticated type of crime, which involves locking up networks or people's files or online information and asking for a ransom or large amounts of money in order to unlock that information or systems. Abigail, is it becoming more common? I guess many of us have been shopping online during lockdown or engaging in more online activity. Have you seen a dramatic increase in, I guess, ransomware, but also cybercrime? Yeah, so we see increasingly reports through, we have a tool called Report Cyber on our cyber.gov.au website, Last year, we had over 67,500 reports from the public of cybercrime events impacting them. That's an increase over the previous year and, of course, the year before that. Part of that's because Australians are amazing at digital uptake. We're really good in comparison to the rest of the world on obtaining information and services online. And of course, during the pandemic, many of us conducted our lives online just to keep them going while we were in lockdown. So homeschooling, everyone will remember that with great joy, I've no doubt. But people acquiring information or services and also continuing to work from home really drove up the number of Aussies online and really increased Aussies' confidence to enter information, um, purchase things, buy things, acquire services online. And that um, had an impact that we describe it as increasing the surface threat area. So more people online, more devices connected, more sensitive information. And that has been targeted by criminals globally. When I talk to my international partners, particularly Five Eye partners, who are also um, have populations which have great digital impact, uh, 
uptake, they're seeing the same sort of trends. So Abigail, how do you work out what is a legitimate email or a legitimate text message and something that is incredibly dodgy that could lead to cybercrime and your details stolen? Yeah, that's a great question, Natasha, because as the criminals have increased their attacks, they've also become more sophisticated at looking very similar to people that we trust and know because they know that we're more likely to give that information to a bank or a colleague or a known supplier. So this is where individuals really have to be alert while they're online, looking for um, asking yourself if it's an email, for example, did I expect to receive this email? Looking at the email address, does it look right? Perhaps particularly when it comes to paying invoices or passing information, if you don't expect that email, then ringing the purported sender of that email and asking whether or not they did send it. You know, we've all received, including me, so many SMSs which are clearly fraudulent or um, imitations or scams. Some of those it's very easy to discern that they're scams because perhaps the spelling's not right or, or perhaps what they're asking for, um, you're, you're not a member of, of that account or, or the service that's being supplied. Again, the same advice we would give is to be alert. If you're not expecting a parcel, don't click on the link. If you don't think that you're, that you're the subject of a search warrant, you're probably, or an arrest warrant, you're probably not. So don't click on the link. And always go to, particularly in the case of those that imitate uh, law enforcement agencies or the Border Force, for example, they all have websites and contact numbers where you can check the legitimacy of that text message. So, Abigail, in regards to cybercrime, can you give us a real-life example where you've seen someone targeted and it's had huge financial fallouts for them? Yeah, I sure can. How about we talk a little bit about business email compromise, which is a particular type of crime which we've seen a lot of and the impact is huge for small businesses. So what is business email compromise? It, um, quite simply, is when an attacker gets access to a legitimate business's email and imitates the owner's identity to defraud them. So normally that's by using that business email to send an email with an invoice, redirecting payments that should have gone to that business into the criminal's bank account. So this year we had a um, small construction company who, who rang us and they had received an email from their supplier asking to follow up payment of outstanding invoices. And the company replied back to the supplier and said, can you give me all the invoice details? And the supplier sent through lots of invoices, multiple invoices, and reminded them that their bank account details had changed and they requested the invoices be paid early. And unfortunately, that small company paid those invoices and the next morning they had a call from their bank following through on the payments. And it turns out that on closer inspection, the supplier's email address looked very similar but was actually incorrect. And it cost that small construction company tens of thousands of dollars, which can be absolutely devastating for a small business. Now, by comparison, we've seen small companies who have great administrative staff who um, call through to one of those suppliers 
and asked them, asked the genuine supplier whether or not they had sought payment of a bulk round of invoices and discovered actually ahead of paying um, that their business email had been compromised. That is terrifying, tens of thousands of dollars. And were they able to recover those costs? Unfortunately, not in that instance. And even more problematic, last year, when we did the average of the business email compromises crimes impacting Aussie small businesses, we discovered that there'd been a 54% increase in the actual value of each compromise. When we averaged out the cost of each compromise this year, it was around over $50,000. That sort of money can wipe out a small business. So it is something that we're particularly concerned about. We're working with the AFP. But in the case of uh, this sort of crime, really the best way to defend yourself is to have staff that are curious and careful, particularly when it comes to responding to those sorts of manual invoice payments. So, Abigail, you mentioned earlier these criminals and hackers are becoming incredibly savvy in being able to target people. What would your advice be for businesses, apart from having very curious staff, what can they do to protect themselves with software in particular? Yeah, so actually when we analyse the sorts of things that have led to a compromise, we find that there are, even when it comes to um, exotic types of cybercrime like ransomware, the bulk of compromises occur because simple things haven't been done. So, for example, spear phishing, where an attacker or a criminal will email you pretending to be someone else or pretending to offer advice or a service if you simply click on the link. Um, regularly, spear phishing causes uh, a, a subsequent compromise or crime. But equally, probably in second place, we see the exploitation of software that hasn't been updated. So that means having devices that are up to date with the latest software. It's super important that when those update messages come on, you don't tap, tell me about it later, or update later, that you do that straight away, that you have automatic updates set onto your phone as or your device as a, as a default setting. And of course, those devices need to be connected to power in order for those automatic updates to work. Probably the third and fourth thing, well, maybe just two other points, having multi-factor authentication on the accounts that matter to you. So the banks are really great at what we call MFA, multi-factor authentication. That means having more than one form of identification when you open up an account. That might be a PIN number or some other form other than your password. And lastly, pretty basic, but having a really good passphrase. Passwords don't really work so much anymore, but thinking about something really unique. And we've got some great tips on cyber.gov.au about how you might set that, that super passphrase. What I also love on cyber.gov.au, Abigail, is you actually have a cyber security health checklist because many of us may think we're up to date, but this is a good indication of what we can do to further protect ourselves. Yeah, it's a, it's a um, great spot to be. I, I'm very biased. I love cyber.gov.au. There's heaps of tools on there. And really importantly, you know, it sounds like a pretty geeky website, but we do our best to really make information available dependent on who you are and what sort of level of advice you need, whether you're a big critical infrastructure provider, a government agency, a mum like my mum, um, or a small to medium enterprise. The website is set up like that. 
so that you can acquire information in the way that best suits you and your needs. That, um, that cybersecurity health check's a great one and it'll help you to do a bit more research on those tips that I just spoke about. So for example, how to get automatic updates set up, how to do regular backups, because when we look at small and medium enterprise that's been impacted by a cyber attack, there's a major difference between those companies or small businesses that have done backups, even if it's as simple as having a backup on a USB and sticking it on a shelf somewhere, not connected to your computer, and those businesses that haven't can talk you through multi-factor authentication, how to set those unique passphrases, and how to protect against online scams and cyber threats. There's some great tips there, Abigail. The bottom line is, if in doubt, make the call, check out whether that person did send the email, and if in doubt, do not click on that link. That's right. Never click on the link. Abigail, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Natasha. That was the head of the Australian Cyber Security Centre, Abigail Bradshaw. And if you'd like any more information, please head to cyber.gov.au or you can also call the Australian Cyber Security Hotline 24 7 on 1300 Cyber 1. That number is 1300 292 371. Natasha Belling here, and thanks so much for joining us for this special episode of Morning Agenda. <laughs> 